Hey, good morning, junior hires. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. Man, that was, no, 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 no. I saw saw more of you guys who just, than just responded at the fun run this morning, so we're going to have to run that back. How are you guys this morning, junior hires? Fantastic. Fantastic. That's technically not an answer. Woo is just a sound, but, you know, we'll take it. We will take it. Um, Well, this morning, guys, uh, I am, I'm so thankful to be here. Um, My name is Taylor Jarman, in case we haven't met. If we have met, that's still my name, Um, but it doesn't change. But uh, I am so thankful to be here with you guys this week. Um, My wife and daughter and I are out of Altoona, Iowa. Um, Yeah, one woo. Yeah, somebody, somebody's from there or knows it. Um, But uh, we are, we are so excited to be with you guys this week. Um, I uh, did not grow up going to camp like Cody did uh, or like Matt, but I'm kind of like one of those guys. I got to IRBC as soon as I could, and so I'm really thankful to be here. Uh, if you see my wife, Mindy, and my eight-month-old daughter, Nora, running around, they're waving in the back. Well, Mindy's waving. Nora doesn't really get the concept yet, but uh, she's working on it. We're working on it. Um, But uh, we are so thankful to be with you guys. Uh, But if you haven't already, I'm going to invite you guys to turn with me. Let's see. Got to face this the right way. There we go. Turn with me to 1 John. That is where we're going to be spending our time in the mornings this week. And we're going to spend our time in the mornings answering this question. How can we know that we're riding for the brand. How can we know that we're riding for the brand? If, if we are riding for the brand, which means to be an ambassador of Christ, which means I represent God, I represent Christ, I don't represent myself, I don't represent the world, then that's gonna have an effect on my life. It's gonna shape what I believe and it's gonna shape how I act and so we're gonna answer these two questions to help us answer that bigger question, what should we be believing if we're riding for the brand? If God has truly saved us, causing us to believe in the perfect life, the saving death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, well, what should we be believing? And then along with that is how should we be living? How should we be living? Now, why 1 John? It's a great question, you guys. You guys are crushing it this morning. Just so proud of you. First John. Why First John? Great question. Well, there's a, there's a couple main reasons, but one of which is that John, the apostle, who is a, a part of this select group that Jesus chose and sent to start this thing called the church, and he is writing to this group of churches where bad false teachers have gotten in here, into these churches, and are teaching false things about God, about who Jesus was and is, uh, and especially during his uh, life and work uh, while he was on the earth. And they're getting in and they're, they're lying and they're saying all sorts of crazy things. And so John, he's writing this letter to really clear up some stuff. There's a lot of confusion 
There's a lot of lies flying around, and so John is going to help us answer these questions. What does it look like to ride for the brand? What should I be believing? How should I be living? Because he's got to clear up this confusion. And so then, one of the main reasons John writes this letter is 1 John 5.13. 1 John 5.13, he says this, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So in the middle of all the confusion in these churches, he's wanting to, the true believers, the people who have truly been saved by God, to know that they know that they know that they have been saved. And what to look for in my life as evidence, as proof for that. And so he's going to answer these questions. He's going to answer these questions for us really clearly. And so... This morning, if you know that you've been saved by God, the truths that we're going to be talking about in the morning, hopefully, are going to shore up, provide you some confidence, not in yourself, but in what God has done in you, because you're going to be able to look into the word and see, man, I think that God is doing this. I see this in my life playing out. If you guys are in another category this morning, and you're like, Taylor, I just found out this is a Bible camp last night when we were at chapel. My friend lied to me. He talked about a zip line, and that was it. So that's okay. They shouldn't have lied to you. That's not okay. I want to just go ahead and hit that off the bat. But I'm so glad that you're here, and what we're going to be talking about in the mornings as well, hopefully will point out your need for Christ, your need for a Savior, your need for God's work in your life. And so, with all of that in play, let's get into it. First John 1, 1, ah, it should be 1 through 5, sorry guys. 1, 1 through 5, we're going to look at the first five verses of this letter, and the title of the message is, What Does a True Christian Believe About God? Now, John in these first five verses is not going to give us absolutely everything that a true believer is going to believe about God, but he's going to give us some really critical things that if you are writing for the brand, if God has saved you, we will be believing these things. And so let's get into our text. You guys, again, we're in 1 John, starting in chapter 1, verse 1, and I'll have it on the screen as well. That which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning The word of life, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. In him is no darkness at all. So that is our text this morning. Let's look at some points real quick. So number one, we're going to talk about how God is eternal, verses one through two. Number two, that God has relationship with his people as we look at verses three and four. And then number three, God is light. God is light, verse 5. All right, so let's look at this first verse. 
that which is from the beginning. And really, we could just stop right there and spend all sorts of time, but we don't have that kind of time. But we are going to stop there for a moment. That which is from the beginning. John is talking about Jesus, talking about Jesus Christ, who was truly God and truly man living on the earth. And so he's talking about this fact when he says that which is from the beginning, he's, he's saying God is eternal. God is eternal. Now this word, if you're not familiar with it, means that God has always existed, no beginning, and he will have no end. Now this is really important. This is really important because you might, you might say, you know, Taylor, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Something that has no beginning? Uh, what are you talking about? Well, public schoolers, I'm not about to make fun of you, just want to preface that. But public schoolers, you know the other options in your science class. If this is not true, if there hasn't been a creator God who has always existed with no beginning and creates everything, our other options are terrible options. Let's, let's just think about one of the most popular options, okay? If this is not true, if God has not always existed, created everything, well, there's this really popular theory. It goes a little something like this. So there was nothingness, right? Absolute nothingness, nothing, 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 nothing at all. And then, all of a sudden, for no reason, there was a ball of stuff. And this ball was whirring, it was moving, it was crazy. Nobody knows how it got there, but it's there. And then that ball explodes, and then, boom, there's the universe. Really? That's the best we got. And then you press them further, you're like, well, how did the ball get there? How did the ball of stuff get there? What was before the ball? They were like, nothing. Well, how'd the ball get there? And then if you press them enough, they're like, I don't know, aliens? And you're like, aliens? Come on now. Aliens? But this is the alternative. This is the other option. If God has not always existed and creates everything, then we live in an accidental universe that came from an exploding ball of stuff. It's not a great option, and it's silly. It does not make any sense whatsoever. But because God has always existed, this universe can exist. He creates it. So that which is from the beginning, which we have, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. John also talks about this in his gospel. John 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning was the word. That's Jesus the word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Nothing gets created if there is not an eternal God. Paul says this in Colossians 1.17. He says, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So when John says, that which is from the beginning. He's not just saying God started at the beginning like everything else. God was before the beginning and all things are created through him, by him, and for him. And so then he goes on and says, we've heard, we've seen with our eyes, we've looked upon, touched with our hands. What's he saying here? Well, he's, again, he's talking about Jesus being truly God, truly God and truly Man, because one of the things that the false teachers, that these bad false teachers were talking about, one of the lies that was flying around in these churches 
was that Jesus was not really God. Jesus was just a guy, um, you know, he, God can't be in human form, that's crazy. And John is saying, look, they might sound like they know a bunch of things, but I heard Jesus, I saw him with my eyes, I looked upon him and I touched him, I saw him after the resurrection, I know that he is God. So whatever you think they're saying is garbage. It's absolute garbage. I have seen him, I've heard him myself. He's also teaching here, he's dealing with an issue that the false teachers might say, so they, they, another thing that they were teaching was they were saying like, I heard the voice of God, I've got this secret connection with God, you can listen to me. And John is going, look, no, 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 I was there. Jesus sent me. Again, John is a part of this select group of guys called the apostles, who many of them go on to write much of the New Testament. And he's saying, really, you're going to listen to a guy who might have had some bad pizza last night and is like, I had a dream. I talked to God. No, no, no. I was there. I saw him listen to what I have to tell you. And so then... Let's get into verse two here. The life was made manifest, and that means that the life was revealed, this eternal life. And he says, we have seen it, and we testify to it. This is, we saw it in Jesus. He came back from the dead. He actually performed this amazing miracle coming back to life, and he says, and proclaim to you eternal life, which was with the Father, and was made manifest to us, or means revealed to make clear, and it was made clear through Jesus, through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. So God the Father reveals the eternal life through Jesus, who is truly God, truly man, reveals this to this group of guys called the apostles, who he gives incredible power to, that nobody else will have to start this thing called the church and the only way somebody can have this eternal life through him, have someone have eternal life through him is through the eternal one, Jesus Christ. This eternal life, this forever life, is only made possible by somebody who is eternal, who has always existed. Imagine, guys, if somebody was like, one of your friends this week is like, hey, I'm going to give you a billion dollars just right now. Do it. And you're like, great. Where's this? Where do you have it? Is it, a, it like in a bank or a piggy bank, a very large piggy bank? Where do you have this billion dollars? And then you come to find out they only got like five bucks. Because that's the reality, right? We got maybe five bucks this week. That is as much sense as it would make as somebody saying, I can give you eternal life, but I don't have it myself. I am not myself eternal I've got nothing to give you. And this, John is totally dealing with the lies that are flying around in these churches that these false teachers are claiming that they have all this truth, they, know, they really know God, and they do not. And we're going to get into, over the course of this week, how it consistently showed up in their lives that they were not trusting in him. And so, guys, as we look to apply this to ourselves, and because we're dealing with a lot of belief this week, we're going to be asking a lot of questions, and I want you, as, as we think about applying this to our lives, I want you to ask these questions of yourself. 
Do I believe that God is eternal? Do I trust, as Cody was talking about, trust that God is eternal? Now, notice this question is not, do I fully understand what it means to be eternal? Like, as, if, you're try, if you've been trying to, like, go, oh, man, something that's never existed. All right. You know, like, it's not going to happen. You're not going to get your brain all the way around it. But do you believe it? Because God's word tells us that this is true. Do we believe it? Number two, do I believe the men that God sent or the writers of the Bible? Do I believe that this really is what Paul says it was in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, the very breath of God? Do I believe that? And John actually says this in 1 John 4, 6. He says, we, which means the apostles, we are from God, not those false guys who might have had some bad pizza and a dream last night. He says, whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Do we believe the men that God sent to write the words of Scripture Do we believe that? All right, number two. God has relationship with his people. God has relationship with his people. Let's look at verse three. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship or relationship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Last night, Cody did an incredible job preaching through the first part of Romans 8. I love Romans 8. I got so excited when he was going to preach through that because I got, God saved me by reading Romans 8 and 9. And so through the gospel, which is believing that Jesus lives perfectly in our place, perfect obedience to the law of God, dies, takes that death penalty, Romans 6, 23, takes the death penalty in our place, and then rises again, proving that he is God and that he has power over sin, death, and hell. And so the gospel brings us into relationship with God, and you'll notice fellowship with us, which he's talking about the apostles, but he's also talking about the rest of the church here. It brings us into relationship with the church and with God himself. So what what do we learn about God here? Well, God, this eternal, we just talked about God is this eternal creator of the universe. Unbelievably unimaginable. I mean, we can't, again, there there are elements of that that we're never going to wrap our minds around. That God wants to have and does have relationship with his people. He's not just some distant God out there who creates the universe, kind of spins it like a top and then lets it go. He actually saves his people and wants and creates relationship with them. And then this relationship is so dear that it's literally bring, being brought into the family of God. 1 John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him, God, wants and creates relationship with his people through the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
wants a relationship to be able to call us his children and for us to be able to call the creator of the universe our father. That is, that should blow our minds. And especially as we talk about our sin nature this week, Cody already hit it last night. We're going to hit it more tomorrow morning. It is crazy that God would take rebel sinners who love breaking his law and can't do anything but break his law to make them his children through the person in the work of Jesus Christ. That is, that should blow our minds every single time we think about it. Ephesians 2, 19 through 20 says this, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens far off from God, but you are fellow citizens. So also our nationality changes. We're not a citizen of the world anymore. We're a citizen of God's kingdom, riding for the brand, ambassadors of Christ, citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, members of God's family, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. This is amazing, you guys. And then verse four. We are writing these things. Here's another why. John's gonna give us throughout this letter a lot of why to why he wrote this letter. He said, we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And I wanna hone in on this because John, as somebody who has been saved by God, is somebody who has been sent by God as a one of the first riders for the brand, one of the first ambassadors of Christ, you'll notice that somebody who's truly been saved by God takes joy in other people coming to know that God, coming to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do we get excited when people are saved by God's grace through the gospel? Does that give us joy? Something we should think about. It's one of the reasons John writes this letter, so that our joy may be complete, so that we can, by the message of the gospel, you can be brought into relationship with God and brought into relationship with us. So as we apply this portion of scripture, guys, do I believe that God has and wants relationship with his people? Sometimes, again, we can think of God so distantly But do I believe that this creator of the universe wants relationship with his people? That when God has saved me, I get to come to him in prayer and he's not bothered by me, but there's so much grace and love from God there. Do I believe that? What do I think about God? And then number two, do I have and want relationship with God and his people, the church? Because this is another proof that as we look up to answer this question, what does it look like to ride for the brand? One of the key things is that I want to be in friendship. I want to be in relationship with God's people. I want to spend time with God's people. That should show up in our lives. And then we're going to finish off with this, verse 5. God is light. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So another key part of the false teaching, guys, that was going on in these churches is that they were teaching that people, humans, have this light inside of us and 
really, this is like goodness, truth, connection to the spiritual, connection to God, and it's all inside, and really what we do kind of outside with our, with our actions, that doesn't matter a ton as long as we've got this weird kind of spiritual connection to God. Doesn't that kind of sound like a lot of the things we hear today? I don't like religion, I don't believe in God, but I'm, I'm spiritual, I'm spiritual. That's something... That is all over the internet right now. Recently, I heard that Taylor Swift said she was a Christian. I mean, I know we might have some, that might be offensive, but we might, we might have some T-Swift fans in here, but Taylor Swift, who has no evidence in her life of loving God and having been changed by the power of the gospel, actually says she was a Christian to defend things that were going on during Pride Month, during June. What? Truth, goodness, connection to the spiritual, connection to God, this cannot just start, this doesn't come from me. This doesn't come from us. There is no goodness here. There's no truth naturally here. Or else we'll claim we know God who commands against certain things and we'll say that we believe those things and that we say that we believe in God and have relationship with God. John is going to address that directly in the coming verses, by the way. But goodness, truth, connection to God. Guys, we are born into sin. We are born enemies of God and seeing God as an enemy. This doesn't start with us. It doesn't start with us. Truth and goodness come from God alone. John, in his gospel, again, this is just a few verses after, or a couple verses after what we read earlier, he says, all things were made through him. Without him any, was not anything that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And also, in the New American Standard translation of the Bible, it says, did not comprehend it. So the darkness, that gives kind of a fuller picture. The darkness cannot, cannot overcome God and it cannot understand God. And so if we're naturally in darkness, imagine, I want you guys to imagine, to help with this picture, imagine you go up to an anthill and your boot is hovering, right, over an ant. That ant looks up. Now an ant, has, an ant is an ant. An ant knows work, and that's it. An ant is not going to look up at your boot and go, wow, that's a nice size seven. That's not, uh, ants don't have that ability. Ants don't, can't wrap their mind around a boot. And also, cannot, is, is that ant, real quick, is that ant going to fight your boot? Is that ant going to fight your boot? No, no exactly right. There's, there's no match. This is the darkness compared to the light of God. Truth and goodness that comes from God alone People in darkness and sin can neither overcome that light nor understand it. So we need this to come from God to us. God is the source. God alone is the source. We are not. This message, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Here's our application and we'll wrap up with these. Do I believe that goodness and truth come from God alone? Or is there a part of me that believes that maybe there's something, if I just dig down deep enough, maybe there is something good in there. Maybe there, in humans, there's just, 
You know, I can do nice and kind things, so maybe that means that true goodness comes from me. Or do we believe that goodness and truth can come only from God alone? Do we believe that he is the source for what is true and what is good? Number two, does the goodness and truth of God make more sense to me than the goodness and truth of the world? Because, as we just talked about, the darkness, people who are naturally in sin, this world system which is in darkness, can't overcome God and can't understand the light and truth and life of God. And so a a great way to ask ourselves a, a question to see if we are truly writing for the brand, if God has truly saved us, what makes more sense to me? The truth of God's word? Does this make more sense to me? Or what I hear on TikTok. Now, there's a few smart people on TikTok. I don't want to totally bash it. I'm not on TikTok. I, uh, I refuse. I'm still a Vine fan. Where are my Vine fans at? Yeah! They shouldn't have gotten rid of it. Um, but uh, <laughs> the rest of you guys are like, okay. Uh, but does the wisdom of the world, does the truth that the world has make more sense to us than the real source of truth, which is God's word. Which is it? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, that you are the source of life and light, truth and goodness. Thank you that You are the eternal creator God who has created this universe with a purpose. Ultimately, that purpose is to glorify yourself, to demonstrate your wisdom. But thank you so much that through the gospel of Jesus Christ that you extend love to your people and you save a people unto yourself who were so bent on their own destruction God, we are so grateful for that. And I pray, Lord, that if that does not make sense to us this morning, if we don't believe in that by faith, if we have not believed in the person and the work of Christ by faith, that you would convict us by the power of your spirit, cause us to believe in the truth. Lord, you are so wonderful. You are so gracious and kind. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.